Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com. From Mansour's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you're so much as an occasional jogger around Baton Rouge, you know Jenny Peters. But even if you've never donned a pair of running shoes, you know the Varsity brand and the slogan emblazoned on the back of the t-shirts that are almost a uniform around Baton Rouge. Run hard, live easy. Jenny Peters is the creator of the brand and the company, which now has three stores in South Louisiana and revenues that this year will top $3 million. Jenny, it's a great story, and you, a runner yourself, are an inspiration. Thank you for joining us here today. Thanks, Steph. Glad you were here. Now, back in the early 2000s, when Varsity Sports was just getting off the ground, Matthew Laborde was still in high school. Today, he's the business manager for what is perhaps the best-known brand in Baton Rouge, LSU Sports, a $120 million operation that includes 21 varsity sports in the NCAA's Division I Southeastern Conference. LSU Athletics is a huge part of LSU, the institution. It's also big business and getting bigger every year. How do you manage a business like that, especially in Baton Rouge, where the stakes are so high and the passions run deep? Matthew, can't wait to hear about it. Thanks for joining us today Thanks on Out to Lunch. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. Well, Jenny, we'll start with you, because you're not only a running expert, but you're a marketing guru, literally. That was, that was your day job even before you owned Varsity Sports. How did you come to create Varsity, and how important has marketing been in growing the Varsity brand? Um, really, we started the store as a simple concept. I was running competitively for Nike and was getting free shoes, and then when I stopped, they didn't come anymore. And I was like so many people, I mail-ordered shoes, and then they'd get there. It's like, ah, oh, not another pair of shoes, and I'm not a strong returner. So as simple as it sounds, we opened it because there was a need. We just didn't have any place to get shoes in Baton Rouge, and so the rest is history. And that was in 2000. 2000. I mean, the running mm -hmm. craze that started in the early 80s had already sort of reached its peak and was mm -hmm. here. Yes, what was the Baton Rouge running community like in those days? I'm not sure. I think we were probably on the other side of the peak and people weren't running as much in 2000. Um, but the good thing about our store is that it doesn't depend on the runner in Baton Rouge. I mean, if you walk into the store on a Saturday, you may see two serious runners and eight people that either have foot problems or are going to Disney or, you know, their mama has balance problems. So, But the good thing is, is that the second running boom, which is bigger than the old running boom has occurred and has had occurred in the last five years. So we are able to take advantage of the people that we've cultivated that just need good shoes and the new running boom of people that are more participatory runners that mm -hmm. want to run and have their face on Facebook and finish a half marathon on their bucket list. So things have changed and running has changed. But And, and part of y'all's model seems to be really 
to promote the whole, the whole running industry. I mean, y'all sponsor races, you encourage people to become runners. So they'll buy your shoes or because you believe in running or well, both? Movement and fitness in the community. I'm just so involved with the Baton Rouge community because I love this city. And, you know, if I think of anything that I love about the stores, it allows me to be involved in meaningful ways, running, walking, you know, anything that's, you know, that involves movement and fitness in Baton Rouge. Now, y'all established yourselves here. You moved outside of the market when? Um, in 2007, we went to Mandeville. It was post-Katrina, right post-Katrina, when a lot of the New Orleans people moved from the South Shore to the North Shore. And it was just a real good opportunity at that time. And then you subsequently opened a store in the heart of Uptown New Orleans. In New Orleans, yeah. Just, it was just, you know, that was right around when this second run and boom really occurred. Rock and roll half marathon marathon decided to choose new orleans as a venue and you know and it just you could see the wave of people that would never consider running a half marathon you know your mama you know the person trying to lose 30 pounds they were starting to take up the sport just because they could do it and so you know that occurred and you know the, the in new orleans is just a great market to be in now, anywhere you go, as I mentioned a minute ago, you see the Varsity Sports T-shirts. Oh, in New Orleans, you're starting to see them. Uh, not quite as much as you do here, but... Um how did that idea come up? Who was the, the brains behind that? Well, actually, we have, I've had been a partner in a t-shirt company for years, and it's actually behind the shop on Perkins Road. And we said the first month, well, we can produce t-shirts out back. I meant literally out back. So why don't we, for the first month, extend the brand, give a free t-shirt with a pair of shoes for the month, get things started. And, you know, here 15 years later and probably 200,000 t-shirts later, it's, you know, one of those great mistakes. Did you have to trademark the slogan? Run we did. hard, live easy? We did. In Louisiana, but we didn't do a federal one because we didn't know if we'd ever go outside the state, and it's a pretty expensive proposition. So, Who's, who's, Whose idea was it? Yours? It's kind of one of those yellow pad things. I know we've all had those where you write everything down on a yellow pad. So we thought of every slogan we could think of. You know, our inspiration was Nike's Just Do It. I don't know if y'all remember that sure. back, you know, when I was coming up and teaching marketing. And that was just, you know, it applied itself to so many things and to so many people and everybody could identify with it. So we had a yellow pad full of probably, oh, you know two pages worth of ideas of things that, you know, sounded like. And we want something that wouldn't really alienate, you know, your non-serious runners. So, you know, so that, it, you know. It's such a great slogan. Thank you. Thank it you is. so much. appreciate it. Well, Matthew, you're in the business of athletics as well. Very different sort of business. Um, not yet 30 years old, and you're the business manager for LSU Athletics. How did you come to this job? It's probably a tremendous amount of responsibility. Uh, I, it has been great, and I actually started out by working in the athletic department as a student. My last year of grad school, Mr. Mark Ewing, the CFO, actually let me intern for about six or seven months and I was in business, majoring in accounting. And so the way with athletics, how it shifted in such a business that it was 10 years ago, I felt like you know I could use my accounting and business side to help out in the athletic department. And right out of college, they didn't have a spot open. So I did go work in public accounting for a year, but right at the year, Mr. Market called me and a spot opened up. So it was good timing. It worked out, and I was glad to come back. That's fantastic. A hundred and twenty million dollar budget. That's huge. Yes. <laughs> and and most of it is de is devoted to football. Is that is football and baseball are the two revenue generators in athletics, and they support the rest? Of the well, across the SEC and NCAA, everybody football and basketball are you know, make the profits and are usually the only two profit generators for schools. At LSU, we're lucky enough to have baseball 
as well that generates a profit. Um, not many schools across the country can add a third school that will generate, generate the profit, but all our other sports do generate their fair share of revenue. You know, you look at gymnastics this year, who was packing the VMAC for their events, softball, and the regionals, the super regionals were turning people away. So across the board, all the sports generate the revenue, but yeah, for the most part, football, basketball, and baseball are going to help subsidize the rest of the athletic department. The facilities, the whole athletic department, everything there, it's so impressive. I mean, it's such a, it's, a, it's an institution within the institution of, of LSU. How many employees, I mean, when, how do you manage it all? Well, you're looking at, when you look at the overall view of the athletic department, you take each sport, and each sport obviously has their coach, head coach, their assistant coaches, and they're each equipped with the director of operations who helps run the day-to-day -day stuff for that sport to where the business office and the administration can just do the oversight yeah. and kind of work directly with the director of ops for each sport so that you don't have to be involved in each detail of the sport. You put a lot of trust in the sport to run itself, and you just oversee each and help them with any of the big issues, help them with the budget stuff mm -hmm. and uh, that nature. So, you know, for the smaller sports, they're going to have anywhere from – for between the coaches, five, six people, the large sports, somebody like football, I mean, they're going to have 60 people helping run their uh, department. Wow. So it's going to vary with each sport, but the relationship is, you know, the sport to handle mm. themselves and report directly back to the administration. Interesting. Now, with both you, Jenny, and, and Matthew, the, the brand is so important. And marketing and branding and, and athletics today, I think, is as important as, as the performance really itself. How, tell me a little bit about the role that's played in your business, Jenny, and, and also, and you know something about the marketing of LSU athletics as well, because you were director of marketing there. Yeah. Uh, I think a brand is really the relationship that you establish with your customer over time, you know, what they can depend on, what they think of you. And if you start with a good relationship that relates back to that, all that is varsity or all this LSU athletics, if people feel good about it and you've done as much for them as they do for you, then, you know, then that trust is established and that brand is solid. It's my thoughts. Matthew, I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the LSU brand, there's a lot of things with it that are consistent and you're going to get year in, year out. You know, the, the way we spell go, the Saturday nights in Tiger Stadium, pack the PMAC, all that stuff is you try to remain consistent with that branding and that promotion. But each year, each sport's going to provide a little different, uh, different aspect to their brand, what they're going to try and promote for that year. But as Jenny said, you kind of always, I think, want to circle it back so that the fan knows what they're getting what they're coming to see, you know, they're going to have the same experience whether they go to a basketball game, a softball, baseball, they're still going to get an LSU experience, and that's what you try to keep consistent. Yeah, absolutely. The, the Go G-E-A-U-X, where did that come from? Any idea how long that's been around? Jenny may be able to answer better <laughs> for that one. I do know that things in the uh, right pre-2000 started becoming formalized with that and, you know, and buying the rights to that trademark and the, the go font and things like that. So that transition happened probably you know, just before 2000. And now you've seen that co-opted mm -hmm. in so many other, other brands mm -hmm. and other companies. It's interesting. Okay, well, we're also joined today by a young entrepreneur who has an athletic product. His name is Joseph Tucker, and he is a recent graduate of LSU. We met Joseph through the Louisiana Business and Technology Center. The LBTC is a business incubator that offers the resources of LSU to entrepreneurs and innovators. And Joseph's company is called HydroGuard, and you 
produce a hydrating mouth guard, which is something I think these two could probably relate to. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. Joseph, your idea is, is really brilliant because what mouth guards inherently dehydrate the wearer, right? And so you need a source of... Correct. Tell Correct. us how it works. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's re- the world's first refillable hydrating mouth guard that uh, hydrates athletes while they're performing in, uh, in sports while remaining in competition. Um, is what we do is that we bring the water source where it's never been before, and that's either while remaining in competition or while running. I actually thought about this product while I was training for my second marathon, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, white, uh, the White Rock Marathon in Dallas, Texas. My first one was a rock and roll in New Orleans. Oh, and uh, I was using some of the equipment that was currently out there, the, back, the backpacks that was cutting, cutting the sides the, of right, me. Right, like and, the Camelback, you know, right? Correct, okay. ru- rubbing me raw. I was wearing the, uh, the bottles, and... You know, as a runner, long-distance runner, it's, uh, I found it useful to just take a, you know, a quick sip of water and continue my run. That's not going to you know, interfere with my time or mm-hmm. really my mindset. Because running long distance, it really affects, it's a mind game. Yeah. You know, it's you against yourself and trying to cross that finish line, especially on the, on the back half. And so I was using current products out there, and it was affecting my time. Well, I wanted to go to the drawing board and figure out what type of product. First, I did a Google search, and I was like, well, what products are currently out there? And there was nothing. I was buying the products. They weren't working. So I decided, well, there's obviously a need. I need it, so I'm going to design something that's going to that's gonna put this uh, hydration and this electrolytes into my system. And so, so, you see, I run. I run distance, and I never get brilliant ideas. <laughs> I hope for thank brilliant you. ideas. This is the mark of a real entrepreneur then. Right, thank you. So the next step was then how did you develop it who did it for you uh i did i I started with the um i started originally at the uh started on a torn piece of notebook paper and started my sketches there uh i was actually to a another uh, half marathon in arkansas uh, and i was actually my dad my father my dad was driving us and i was in the back i was pulling the paper into the front hey check this out you know and um one thing led to another to the designs. I, I kept on getting feedback from consumers and athletes that were out there. I put surveys out there, let them check it out. And I, I listened to the feedback. I'd say, okay, this isn't going to work. And I would change, my, change the direction of where I wanted to go. Uh, go by the regulations and things of that nature. And I finally got to the point where I needed to be, source things in California, and here we are. And, and they manufactured out there Correct. in California now for yes. you? Now, if, if something like that, for instance, how would you... How would he bring that kind of product to the LSU Athletics Department? Well, as he's, Not that I'm trying to do business no, for him. Mitch, I believe he's, <laughs> he's already spoke with Jack Marucci and Andy Barker, who are trainers on staff uh, with the football team, and they oversee the whole training department mm-hmm. for uh, athletics. And I know they've been in communications and working together. And Jack and Andy and Shelly, who's one of the other head trainers, they've, they're always on the looking for new ideas with you know concussion, hydration, you know, they're always willing to be a guinea pig and test out products if it's going to better the health of the student-athlete. So, I mean, you probably get a lot of vendors or brilliant young entrepreneurs that want to sell stuff to LSU Athletics. And right. particularly to have LSU Athletics endorse a product like that, that would be gold, huh? Oh, yeah. they. I mean, they're going to come. LSU is, you know, everybody sees LSU on Saturdays. Everybody knows LSU football. So products like this, if they can get in with LSU, they know it's going to reach kids, high school age, middle school, and uh, the spread that they can connect to is, you know, larger than they can at other spots. So 
LSU's always a primary target, but like I said, LSU is always looking to better the student-athlete and keep the student-athlete safe. So when they see a product that we think can help, they're all in to try and work with, in this case, HydroGuard, and make sure it's something that could benefit student-athlete. Jenny, what would you say to a product like, like Joseph's? Um, I mean, what kind of advice would you give him in terms of – or any pitfalls that you see with, with the idea or the product? Well, kind of narrow cast, and I would tell him that uh, in the running industry, like if you wanted to, if you developed that other one, there is a, um, an event that all of the people like myself go to and all of the vendors, everybody that wants to get in our stores in December in Austin, and <clears throat> that would be a great opportunity for you to see them all right there. So Right. And what is it called? <laughs> Excuse me. It's called the running event. So, running you know, event. it's kind of, and I'm sure the trainers have the same thing. We all go to yeah. conferences and events okay. to try to look at, you know, we want, you know, just like LSU, when we want the latest, the best, the things that are going to help our customer. And so, um, you know. happy to be there. Yeah, okay. you, you absolutely should be. Well, now it's time to do the checklist. It's the part of the show where we take a little break and ask you each a question you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. So, Jenny, I'll start with you. <laughs> Since you said you love Baton Rouge so much, if you could change one thing about it, what would it be? I think that we need to be a lot more broadsided uh, in Baton Rouge. There's so many things that Baton Rouge could be, but sometimes I think it gets in its own way. Uh, I'm on the Lakes Advisory Committee to try to do all the redevelopment of Lakes, and that's step one in really showcasing the city. So I guess I could say if Baton Rouge would kind of get out of its own way. Mm -hmm. that's, that's good. It's, you know, it's one of those things about being in a, a small city. Do you know, I mean, that's what makes it wonderful in a lot of ways, but that's also, it's hard to, it's hard to grow and think bigger sometimes. And we need to. And we need to. Yeah, I agree. Matthew, okay, here's one for you. What were your career plans when you were in college? Um, I, I guess I touched a little bit on this earlier, but if you would ask me right out of high school and then my first couple of years of college, I would have probably told you I was going to go be a coach. I was coaching basketball at my former high school and I coached all through college and as I got older and was you know going through classes more I realized how much I love the business side and you know actual day-to-day -day business so I was like well maybe that's where I'm going to go and eventually towards the end as I said I started in graduate school when worked as an intern at LSU I decided well this might be the perfect way to kind of marry the two I could still be involved in sports but also get the business side on a day-to-day -day. and it just kind of came together and Lucky that I was able to get a job there. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, Joseph, how about what was your first job? My first job, uh, I actually like talking about this. It was whenever I was 10 years old, and I started cutting people's grass, pulling the lawnmower behind my bike with the, oh, with the gas tank. And that's great. I, so I believe that I've always been an entrepreneur at heart, even from a little kid. Um, I started taking on yards at 10 years old, whenever I was, you know, going around the neighborhood, and then I got too big. And then I was able <laughs> to save my money and get a riding lawnmower, so where I was cut, cut bigger yards. And then I had my dad pull the, uh, the mower in the back of the truck and drop me off at these yards. That's fantastic. And then, you know, once lunch break, he'd come back and pick me up. And um, so just, you know, moving around is something I always am hum humbled about. See, when you know, they do stories back. about you when you're a big fame, that's always the little anecdote they're going to start with. Yeah. When he was 10 years old, uh -huh. Joseph was yeah. mowing yeah, lawns. Just looking back and, you know, just seeing, you know, the progress going from the looking back at when I was doing those lawns at 10 years old to my dad dropping me off to, you know, uh, 30 days ago, I was on the uh, field of the 49ers talking with the 49ers about the product and, you know, just really staying humble throughout their entire process. And, you know, so. That's, 
How did it go with the 49ers, by the way? It went way? well. It went very well. I met with uh, Jeff Ferguson, the vice How'd president. How'd you get in there? Uh, I have, uh, uh, well, we talked with Adam Henry, um, who was a coach over here at LSU. Uh-huh. And um, immediately when I met Adam, Adam absolutely loved the product. Um, the, the entire team fell in love with the product. Uh, went over there, got an invite to visit the 49ers, and um, they loved it. So we'll Fantastic. be revisiting with those guys as well. So if you could get in there, that would be Yes. That would be great. That would be phenomenal. And I mean, I guess that's, you know, one of the things with with entrepreneurship, it's not just that your mind always has to be working, but you always have to be networking. Correct. You know, I mean, it's who you you can meet and get in the door with. Yep. All right. Well, now we're going to check the inbox. We have our listeners sometimes send in questions, and so we have a couple of questions that that we've prepared for y'all. For Jenny, this question comes from Kristen Hook. And she says, y'all pride yourself on expertise, fitting customers very carefully with the right kind of shoes for their feet. Have you ever had a customer that just wasn't a good candidate for running or that you couldn't find the right shoe for? Not everybody that walks in the door really ever intends to run in their shoes. But, you know, if somebody truly feels like I've got to get active, I've got to lose weight, I want to get fitter, I don't think there's any reason they can't. They just have to, you know, get in the correct equipment, get in the correct shoe and start slow, you know. So I would never think that there's not anybody that shouldn't ever, but... Or that there's not a shoe for... Yeah, yeah, there's absolutely a shoe for every single person, you know. I mean, there really is. The, the industry is just so broad. It really, really is. And, and I know your, your people are so skilled in that. Do you train them on what to look for? It is a, definitely a training that we do, but we work a lot with the physical therapists here in town and some of the physicians and our shoe vendors come in and say, okay, based on what you know, which we've taught them, you know, here's how our specific shoe fits into that genre of biomechanics. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a series of training and retraining, and it's continually evolving. It was minimal last year, and it's maximal this year. And, you know, we're lucky that we've kind of kept the middle ground, that there's a little something for everybody, and usually it's somewhere in the middle, depending on that person. How many different brands do y'all carry? Uh, we carry and run and choose probably 12 different brands and 100 models in those brands. Wow. It's, you know, we have small stores, you know. Yeah, you how imagine. do you keep up with all of them? Uh, continual, and we love it. I mean, everybody that works there, you know, there's a lot of people that have gone on to be orthopedists and physical therapists, and most of the time when they come to work at the store, they really love what they do. Well, Matthew, this question to you comes from Peter Kennedy. He says, LSU gets criticized from time to time for putting more emphasis on athletics than on academics. How does the athletic department combat this sort of, you know, negative perception? Or, or does it, do y'all even worry about it? Well, I think the state of athletics now, that is a common perception on uh, universities across the board. And I know that when we have recruits on, when they're in high school, when they come on campus, they're going to go to the academic center. They're going to learn, get to know the people who are working in the academic center. When they first enroll on campus, that's one of their first meetings. So you try to just stress to them, the student athletes at an early age, hey, academics is the reason. You know, you're here for academics and the athlete second. And it's all about keeping that student first and then the athlete second. But I guess financially, athletics does play a very important role. I mean, you know, in LSU, I mean, the revenues it brings in, some of that money finds its way back into the classroom. Oh, yeah, definitely so. We, for the past, uh, you know, long before I was there, LSU's been, the athletics has been transferring money back each year back to the uh, university, well over $7 million each year. So we... You know, we're helping enhance classrooms, improve the academic center, beautify the campus. 
So it's a very good relationship from athletics to the university. We're willing to help and improve where we can. And then, of course, athletics is such a big selling point, attracting kids from out of state who want to come here because they know the brand exactly. through LSU sports. No, it's exactly. You, whenever we go to these football games, like last year where we played, uh, I believe it was in Houston when we played Wisconsin for the kickoff game, that was a great chance for the campus side to come to Houston and they put on promotions to try and, you know, help enrollment for, uh, for the university side. So they piggyback with us, we piggyback off of them, and, you know, it's a collaborative effort to try yeah. and promote LSU, not just from athletics, but from the education side. Good point. All right, Joseph, your question comes from Katie Gates, who wants to know how much testing did you do on your product, and who did you test it on, besides yourself? As right, you said. right, right. Well, that's a great question, Katie. I, uh, for our testing, we hired a uh, big engineering company here, located here in the United States out of Wisconsin to test our product, make sure our engineering is correct on, on everything, um, and make sure that there's not going to be any type of issues later on down the road. Um, we put put it through several tests with that same company that, that that's what they're hired to do. Mm -hmm. um, I've tested on myself, other athletes around in the area uh, that we've went running on it around the lakes and just through different types of, uh, I guess, um, experiments to try to pull this thing apart and see if there's going to be any flaws or anything like that before our product launch. Any any problems that showed up with the betas? No, versions? no. I think a big question for everybody is what about the what about your breathing? You know, um, one thing that this our product does that was engineered to do, and I, it kind of comes from, you know, the development, mm -hmm. you know, uh, continue to innovate. Uh, the way that I've engineered this product is to where it sits at a 17-degree angle that goes on the bridge of your mouth to where you can be able to breathe um, and to where you can also get talk with your tongue that if you need to get certain words out, then you can also be able to get, uh, you know, speak and communicate while you're on the field or in competition. Wow. So, so you're always thinking ahead, I can tell. Have you thought about growing not just this product line, obviously, Correct. but other products? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, once you begin with one, I mean, so what's you next? continue to what, just... What uh, other problem do you solve now for the athlete? Um, you can't I kind of hold... Yeah, I will hold that <laughs> off for now for a later meeting. And, um, but yes, I do. All right. Well, we'll have you back on another time to talk about that. Uh, Jenny Peters, Matthew Laborde, and Joseph Tucker, you're all doing very different but very interesting things in the business of athletics. It's fascinating to hear your perspectives on the importance of branding and marketing and sheer growth of this industry over the past couple of decades. So thank you all so much for taking the time out to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank, thank you. you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Jenny Peters, founder and owner of Varsity Sports, Matthew Laborde, business manager for LSU Athletics, and Joseph Tucker, CEO and inventor of HydroGuard. You can find out more about Varsity Sports, LSU Athletics, and HydroGuard by following the links on our websites, wrkf.org and itsbatonrouge.la. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur serves lunch daily from 11 to 2, dinner nightly, and brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morell, and today's show is engineered by Brian Raybar. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. Our business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf.org. 
Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansource for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com Thank you.